0: The name of the show anymore, Jeff. What I've the got hell it all worked that? out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like that? Shake them rope. <laughs> yeah, it's getting evil up in here. <laughs> this is the best take. I, mean, I didn't even use this in the other take of the show here. It's Shake Them Ropes. I'm so Chris Novembrino. I can record that into the keyboard here too. Check it out. I can go Chris Novembrino, and then it'll go. Chris Novemberna. 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 yeah it gets better I remember this coast. episode
1: of the Cosby yeah. show everybody went to go visit Stevie Wonder in the uh, recording studio
0: and <laughs> I I don't remember that one but uh, yeah that's Jeff Hawkins and we're here to talk to you about wrestling and aew and demography and WWE. And some cool stuff that Bailey and Sasha are doing, and and the news, the wrestling news. We like to talk about the wrestling news. You like it? I, th- when we, I think the biggest news on that. this
1: show is that you actually record an episode for the Patreon for all for the nine people left hanging on by a thread.
0: Well, and you know what? Uh, based on that, uh, the people have hold enjoyed. On, hold on.
1: Patreon.com slash ropes. Should you want to throw a couple ducats our way?
0: Yeah, okay, because here's the deal. You get, now you, you got to play it up. you got to play up the product here. First and <laughs> foremost, that, that is the first episode of High Wattage with a multi-track Christopher Brito live performance of the theme song, which changes slightly every time I do it because I don't remember how I did it the last time. And, and on that episode, we did not one, not two, but three Eric Watts matches. I made gifts. There was there was a media push for this episode of High e-
1: You made an effort. It was it was unreal.
0: Yeah, I mean, like not not a ton of it. Not like I wouldn't say I like went deep on this. I added matches as I was recording the show, and there was no post production. But but I also did such a good job writing the music. While I was on the show, I they, when you make something good, you don't need to touch it up ever.
1: It's a noble Rob McCarron in year four half-assed effort.
0: I'm yeah, but this, this <laughs> here's the thing. The trickiest part with Eric Watts is like finding matches because I don't keep track of which matches I have and haven't watched. I don't necessarily <laughs> know what matters, but <laughs> like I, you re- I feel if like... You,
1: if you reviewed the same match every episode and just didn't realize you were re-reviewing it.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I just try to pick. I try to pick matches with at least one wrestler. So like, I'll i try to have him versus a jobber, and then I'll try to flip that up with like him versus Eddie Guerrero, or like him versus like a, like a really good wrestler, and where you could really see Watts just kind of struggling against like a good hand. Those are fun. So high wattage. It's back. It's better than ever. What's that Patreon, Jeff?
1: Patreon.com slash shake them ropes. Shake them ropes.
0: All one word. I might make another episode. It could happen. I'll Uh, have to give
1: you the login so you can actually upload it.
0: What's going on in the news, Jeff?
1: Oh, low ratings, middling ratings. Chris Jericho taking a victory lap over, I guess, okay numbers. So
0: that was so strange on AEW. Uh, When I watched that and he does that opening segment and he starts talking about the demo. and it's it's in that weird Jericho middle of the road thing where it's like you can't quite tell if he actually seriously believes this demo crap coming out of his mouth or if it's this joking on the square thing where like he's aware that this is silly talk and he's just trying to work it in. But in either case, whether it's he believes it or he's working on the square, then he's still just playing to the back of the room. This is for people mostly on Twitter or people who have Twitter accounts that are active and have other venues as well, but are also active in the Twitter conversation about this. It is talking about the demo for that crowd. I don't know how big the demo sphere is uh, in discourse land maybe several hundred people generously. Like, it's a very weird gimmick to have Le Champion working under.
1: All right, look, I'm I'm fine with every time you have a new catchphrase coming out with a t-shirt. I I think this is a marketing industry. I just think this is more meta, break-the-fourth-wall, self-aware stuff, though, to me. I, I mean, but again, it might be a generational thing because I grew up in the territories where I just I watched guys and I thought they were cool. And they, and they talked about how cool they were. And they did talk about, you know, you know, ratings go up when we're on the TV screen, but it wasn't the self-aware kind of thing.
0: It wasn't like ratings go up when we're on the TV screen and here allow me to show you an Excel spreadsheet wherein you can see there is a spike when we're on, particularly with the ladies demographic. Like they wouldn't get technical about it. They would just say in an oblique way, you know, when we're on the screen, the ratings go up. But like I mean, there wasn't like numbers to back it up. And also when a heel was saying it, they were saying it. In a way where you couldn't prove them wrong.
1: Well, okay, Raw has its lowest numbers I think to date this week.
0: But how are they doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they they did okay, I guess. I mean, they're still top three in the night. They're you know they're they're doing. So I could I could a- do like A-W a little major
0: a- chord for that. No. That doesn't okay. really it doesn't get that major it even yeah. yeah.
1: SmackDown's doing 1.8 million, Raw's doing 1.6, and AEW and NXT between the two of them are kind of splitting them. With you know, AEW's fourth on the night this week, and and NXT is down because of the demo. Wait,
0: wait, Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. The demo. (laughs) The demo. Yeah, I mean, like at least use the prop if it's gonna be here.
1: But I have a more existential fear, and my fear, and and. It's just weird. I just think because nobody wants to take this seriously anymore, and both both companies have divergent opinions on wrestling, and I don't think either of them are right. WWE wants this, this big character, Ringling Brothers atmosphere with certain stories that aren't terribly well-written, you know, but everybody's big and everybody's strong and it's an event and it's you know we're the worldwide leader in entertainment and you know it's this person's turn for a program so we're going to do this program here to me the only thing compelling right now is the women's division and that's because oscar bailey and sasha are are carrying this thing on their backs but it's still low ratings which makes me worry that they're going to blame those low ratings on the women
0: yeah, I don't I, see them blaming them on Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. I'm, I'm yeah. sure, if anything, you know, it, the consensus opinion backstage is that like that's a great program. Let's keep doing it.
1: It's not the fault that we bring in hot young baby faces and bury them week after week, or you know, the or guys we do who a the Bray most-
0: Wyatt Braun Strowman program that is at generously half thought out narratively.
1: Yes, you know, <laughs> we beat Matt Riddle in week three. Or week two of his, it. it's like what, what, kind of thing, and then you get to AEW, and their formula is we're gonna have good to great matches every week. We're gonna have you know the the mid card is gonna get summoned on the top of the card, and you know in theory it raises their profile, but it really doesn't. And then you have, you don't really have stars But the per big se. angle
0: tends to be the conversation piece yeah. leaving AEW each week. And so it's like, I, until I saw the recap of the show here, I'd forgotten about the Cody and Sonny Kiss match. Like my big takeaway from this week in AEW was the orange juice spot. Because, oh, by the way, Chris Jericho made sure it was the last thing you remembered as he was signing off from the program, almost stepping on Shivani, then holding back, and then waiting so that he could get the I'm covered in orange juice right at the end of the show as you're signing off.
1: And that, to me, is WWE derivative.
0: Exactly. That no, angle. it's that... totally wwe light, and it's, like, overshadowing the other part of the show that is not wwe light so much.
1: You know, I, I don't mind... I don't mind the occasional angle like that. I'm going to be honest with you because all wrestling has it. You have Cornet and Mid-South with the birthday cake, all these things. But I want, I think the answer to a dying industry is you play it straight and you just make good television out of it and you don't do the wink and nod stuff. You don't do self-aware stuff. You make it seem real and then everybody else will buy in. There seems to be this thought that because people know it's predetermined that we have to have certain wink-wink-nudge-nudge nudge aspects to it. I mean, I I like Marco Stunt. I don't think he should be arrogant, babyface. Marco Stunt. Yeah, it's so
0: weird. Because
1: people will watch that and go, who's this guy, and who, who's ass can he kick, and those types of things. And you can prove people wrong eventually, but... Well, if you're going to have
0: him be a cocky little shit, which is, I think, kind of what was coming to your mind there, Uh, if you're going to have him be that character, then he has to wrestle a much more aggressive style of match wherein he is getting a ton of offense and like kind of going, we were talking about him before the show, but kind of going at the tempo of uh, Leo Rush back when he first kind of showed up in uh, WWE. Like when Leo was really kind of going at that super fast speed. Cause like, that's the only way anyone's ever going to believe that a person who is that size can, you know, kind of hold their ground against the people who would populate the top of the card, a Brian cage type of person. It would have to be, knowing that the Marco stunts of the world have this level of speedy offense and kind of targeted precision-oriented offense. And, like, Marco's stunt does the cocky thing, and then, like, kind of, you know, he wrestles a bit of a casual match. He he ma- he, he wrestles a very
1: well-choreographed match. Let's put it that way. Th- I mean, Yeah, there's the not
0: aggression. Play. No, the, the choreography sort of belies the lack of um intensity and aggression and and kind of, like reckless abandon, I think, would be necessary to really get over the arrogant side. And and if, and if you don't want to go that route, that's fine. Then just cut the Arrogance Act.
1: And those of you who are New Japan fans, come on into the boat of being frustrated with your booking, because, because you got a nice helping dose of what the hell is this this week, with the evil turn and the return of Dick Togo and just... I I don't know, Chris. I, might, I could be wrong on my theories of what could make wrestling bigger again in terms of I just want smack talking stars and I want a fight build and I don't want I don't need great wrestling week to week. I need great wrestling builds that build the good matches that are hot and have drama to them. That's what I want. But my fear is that professional wrestling has become like another art form in America. It's it's swing music. It's big band. There's just other art forms and sports and things that have taken aspects of professional wrestling, and now it's just a, a relic. It's, it's, it's gone and, and from the And the good most- stuff
0: of Big Band, like to kind of pick up on this, we'll go a different place than we did in the first uh, take of this. I, I got a different take on this. The okay. good stuff of Big Band gets picked up, by subsequent genres of music so rock and roll picks up the cool driving sections of big band like when the band would really start rocking and, and they really you know push that two beat um you know the two and the four really gets accentuated um big band does that rock and roll picks that up the cool horn playing and the interesting harmonies that gets taken and built upon by people like Miles Davis, John Coltrane goes whole different directions under that. Um and even guys like Thelonious Monk, who kind of, you know, they, they have a thing and they do that, they do their thing kind of steadily throughout that. He takes a lot of a lot of cues out of Big Band, a lot of cues just out of stride piano playing. He goes his own way, and Big Band's stuck doing this weird. Legacy performance, um, and, and it just ends up sounding really dated, and so the calendar kind of rolls by, and we, you know, go through the '60s. Beatles show up in 1963. People are still playing "Take the A Train." Um, The Beatles are up there, you know, doing all these twisted shout and that sort of thing. The popular chord progressions are changing. 1-4-5 overtakes like the 1-2-5 as a dominant chord progression. Get to 67. You got Hendrix just wailing with his wall pedal and stuff, playing like these crazy seven sharp nines. Picked up from big band jazz voicings. Meanwhile, you still got Count Basie over here. And, and, you know, uh, like, and so by the time you get into the 70s, like there's just no audience for that performance of it because big band didn't change with the times. It tried really sort of stubbornly to keep doing something as close to the way it was as possible. And Vince has been like that since like 2000, ever since WWF turned into WWE it's like he's wanted the presentation of the show to almost feel like a time capsule where you can kind of dive in between 2002 and 2012 and the show kind of looks and feels the same way
1: every star Vince has had has done something on their own to make themselves stars and then they put the rocket to them and uh, you know I'll just go back to the big band theory like one of my favorite stories is the story about uh, Duke Ellington's band live at newport 1956 and the the story about uh you know they they you know they're, they're kind of past their prime at that point you know they're playing you know it's 56 a rock and roll has started to come in and then they're you know they're they're kind of on the as as we like to say with the rock and roll people they're on the 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 uh county fair tour so to speak but they go and they play this puppet
0: show and spinal tap
1: Yeah, you know, kind of thing. But they're playing this at the Jazz Festival. And they they get to diminuendo and crescendo in blue. And, you know, audiences are kind of tired by this point. They've been sitting in there. You know, some of them are leaving for their cars. And then this guy, Paul Gonzalez, tenor saxophone, gets up. And he starts playing this solo. And he starts playing it. And it keeps going. And the audience starts to turn. And, and Ellington looks at him and goes, dig in. And they just keep going and going. And the audience starts to get up and dance a bit. And people are running from their cars back to this because this band, this solo has gotten so friggin' hot. And it continues to go and you can just hear the crowd going. You can hear the band getting into it and everything. That's the kind of thing that it, it's, the danger is missing. In professional wrestling, kind of, in terms of,
0: that was the thing that Duke stars. Ellington found there that night. That like, what people like is the the sense that anything can happen, and wrestling has really lost that in a certain way. It it almost all feels like ritual.
1: There's no reading of the crowd, quite frankly. There, there, there there's we're gonna give you what we think the crowd likes, and we're gonna go with this, but they never. You you you're not allowed that, and and you hear this from older guys who have gone back to the WWE a bit, and guys who have been in the territory system, and they and they they they're now like they're doing like a one shot on TV somewhere, so they go there. There's there's not that ability to kind of test the crowd to see what they want on that night and go with it. You have the style you're supposed to do, and that's it. I'm I'm all over the place on this, Chris. I'm just very well. Frustrated no, like
0: uh, I I mean. It makes me think about Rey Mysterio on some level. Like, WWE has been booking him, and this is not just this run, but, like, this run is sort of emblematic of it as well. Although this one's almost a little bit more thought out than some of these previous ones. It's been like a ritual. Like, oh, you guys all remember Rey. You all know Rey. You all love Rey. But it was WCW... That really got him over for American audiences. Oh, do
1: you remember One Night Stand when he when they brought him in to fight psychosis because there was so much goodwill about ECW at the time, and everybody was really hyped. This is the second one, I think. I don't think it's the first one. Maybe it's the first one. I don't know. But he goes in there, and instead of wrestling the Rey Mysterio as ECW or WCW, everybody knew, he wrestled WWE Rey, and they booed him out of the building for a while until he had to adjust to it. Yeah, no, Vince's thing, and you see this with the Jeff Hardy program, you see this with the Ray program, is, well, people pay to see the Ray Mysterio that they knew and loved back then, that's what they want, so play the hits. And and it's just, I, I don't...
0: And they did that with Matt Hardy. Remember when they brought in Matt Hardy yes. at the peak of Broken Matt Hardy, and they were like, be Matt Hardy 98. The one for men sixty four that we all love to play as.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I, and and but it's you know it, it's AEW is not is not free from my criticisms because watching that FTR Lucha Brothers match, where, look, I I like the Lucha Brothers a lot. I love Ray. I have my issues with Penta because I think he's become he's become a WWE wrestler. He's doing his No, he found all those phrases. spots.
0: Yeah. No. Well, dude, I mean, he was working these really horrible and brutal matches back in the day. In Lucha mm-hmm. Underground, he was transitioning from the extreme stuff to realizing in America, you could get over by just kind of working your catchphrases and stuff. And, like, now he does feel like a Pentagon cover band.
1: Yeah. And, and they had FDR kind of wrestle their match instead of the other way around, which I think kind of... Uh... Kind of hurt FDR in a bit, but you know I, I don't I don't see big stars coming out of of coming out of AEW. I, I just I think there there are a lot of really good wrestlers and there are a lot of people that wrestling fans like. But you know it's like any other TV show to me. You know when the kids go out to play amongst themselves and they play wrestling, they're not necessarily doing four star matches. They're doing catchphrases and pretending to be, you know, high spots.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Don't don't forget about trying to find something to jump off of and do like a really measured out choreographed high spot and then maybe a submission hold.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so... uh...
0: (laughs) Sonny Kiss kind of ended up in the Orange Cassidy spot here this week, having the the very good match against Cody. Uh, I, I just don't feel like... This type of booking really helps the losing party.
1: It doesn't help the winning party either. That's the thing is is, is it's supposed to be well, also we're we to going to elevate of a little The of uh, the young person.
0: The story little bit of the little bit of
1: a little bit it just if, if, you're gonna have an underdog, if you of a little bit 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 unless a little a special a are Unless you had done, like, a four-week build of Sonny Kiss versus Cody to get that one match here. And then it, and then this match would feel like something. But it's just, okay, and then next week, Janelle and Sonny Kiss are going to fight, you know, Butcher and the Blade or something like that. And it's, we're just going to move on. It, it's We're burning through these things. And-,
0: and the other thing is, like, the Orange Cassidy section. So it's hard not to get the image of Santana falling over and over and (laughs) over again in like an inch of orange juice, maybe, and then trying to drag down Ortiz. And Ortiz is like, I'm not going to do this with you, dude. You're on your own on this. And Santana's like, I'll fall for all of us. Uh, That was ridiculous. But moreover, that was designed to get Orange Cassidy's heat back. And it was... The exact wrong thing that needed to happen following that match like if you want to get orange Cassidy's heat back, what should have occurred there at that spot? Jericho's out there cutting his promo about this that or whatever with the inner circle. Orange Cassidy needs to come down and beat the hell out of everyone in the orange in the inner circle like just with a bag of oranges and maybe even you know like have him come down there and just he just pummels the hell out of all of them Santana Ortiz Jericho like. And Jericho, you know, is convinced initially that, like, the inner circle is really tight and that they're going to have his back and it's four against one orange, Cassidy. What are you going to do? Your friends aren't here. No one's going to help you. And Cassidy just goes in and waylays on him, especially if Cassidy can't talk. But him going back to the comedy stuff, like, this is not him getting his heat back, not from where it was two weeks ago. Uh, He's less hot than he was now, and the rematch I, I also don't think will help him. So it goes back to... What we were just saying with Cody and Sonny Kiss, like this is not a way to make underdog baby faces hotter and they keep trying it over and again and it hasn't worked yet. Like you don't like pineapple peep more now than you did. Six weeks ago, or whenever they did the pineapple peat spot, if it was even. I hate weeks. that guy. I hate that guy too, I really do. He bothers me. Um, And Ortiz. <laughs> so, so you're
1: saying the so you're, so you're saying the Ortiz cell was too much.
0: Oh god. Okay. So was it Santana or Ortiz? I don't want to slag the wrong one.
1: I believe it was Ortiz.
0: Was it Ortiz, dude? Okay, that pratfall. Like I think that if he went backstage after doing that at a WWE show, Vince's reaction would be one of two things. And it'd be like the the big spectrum, right? Like either Vince would love it because he would have found it hilarious. Like to, uh, this damn it, kid, you're just so great at comedy. This is funny. You got to do this in all your matches now. And then like the next week, or- Ortiz is wrestling and like taking like Pratt falls out of nowhere in the middle of his matches coming off of the, the ropes or whatever. Or he'd go back and, like, Kevin Dunn would give him this, like, big scolding lecture about, like, ah, "That's terrible, don't ever do that again, um, about doing the pratfalls to him. No one finds that funny. No, Vince does not like that, um, even though we all know that Vince likes that kind of stuff. Uh, point being, I mean, dude, the Inner Circle and Chris Jericho just occupy far too much of what you remember from week to week on this show. And I I, I really like I until we read the recap here, I forgot that Sonny Kiss came in with an entrance involving the Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleaders like that should have stuck in my memory. And instead, what I remember is Ortiz flopping around like he's a fish in orange juice. And then Chris Jericho screaming right as he's going off air. I'm covered in orange juice. I'm covered in orange juice! Just making sure that's the sticking memory in your brain here. Uh, They they really got that idea over. Um... (laughs) Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeated the Jurassic Express. I like I this, this match. match. Yeah, this is a good match. match. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, dude. I yeah. I like um I liked Omega. Okay, I liked Omega after the match, right up until like he started going into his hammy thing. Like he gets, you know what I mean? Like where he like he he does something and it's good, and then he does it too much and it's not so good.
1: Yes, the mustache twirling on on the heel turn is a little much.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Even the dynamic with FTR and everything, like, I I get it. Okay, the other thing I like is I like the long game that's happening between FTR and Adam Page and Kenny Omega, where they're trying to drive a wedge between the two guys. They know that, like, they're not tight, and so FTR's like, Adam, we like you, and Kenny, you suck. I think they're going to turn on Adam. Uh, is, is like, initially I thought like, oh, maybe Adam's going to, you know, flip it and, you know, join with FTR. But I, I think what FTR is trying to do is just drive the wedge between them. And I, and I like that. And I like that they're playing that subtle.
1: Chris, I have an update. Tully Blanchard is watching. He's
0: Tully watching. Tully Blanchard's watching. He's watching me? Tully Blanchard's me?
1: watching this. He's watching this. He's watching this match, Chris. Tully oh. Blanchard's watching this match. Does this mean something? Okay. Back to the match. Hey, oh, Tully okay. Blanchard's watching this match. Do you think, do you think that they're being subtle at all? <laughs> this totally you know what I thing. enjoyed
0: more uh was the picture in picture thing with uh Daniel Bryan where they were asking him about like how do you feel about various sections of the match. Uh remember that with like Drew Gulak. I think it yeah. was? Yeah. Yes. Uh Drew's really gonna train really hard for this. I absolutely think that Drew's gonna do good here. Wow, it doesn't look like he's doing so good in this part of the match. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um then we have uh the Hikaru Shida promo. Anything to say about Shida?
1: No. Nope. No. I think she's fine. I think they're going to do another open challenge gimmick. They may bring in uh Thunder Rosa to fight her once. I I don't know. They're they need women. They do. <laughs> we're getting we're getting Eva Lees next week. That uh it's interesting choice.
0: <laughs> Dreams do come true. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, and then, uh, I guess we can talk about the main event here. Uh, cage, uh, let me, let me, oh. annou- uh,
1: we'll, we'll take, I'll take my victory lap. Vicky okay. Guerrero, the new, the new manager for, um, uh, Nyla Rose. I, boy, I would have really liked Vicky to come out and cut a good heel promo as opposed to a WWE heel promo. I, I, I worry that they're going to go with, this is who they know her as. So we're going to present her as this type of thing. And she's just going to do the excuse me. And it's just going to be nothing but the grating voice thing, because that's what all the fans remember her by.
0: Yeah. And if she doesn't have another idea, I, I don't know you know who's going yeah, to give I her. Th- them, yeah. I don't right. see them
1: coming up with a new one. I think. Right. It's just,
0: exactly. You know, I think they're just going to run with, you know, we'll give Nyla Vicky Guerrero and this is what we'll be working with here. Uh, it's okay. Like, it, it would be better if she was doing a better performance. But, you know, I mean, the, the problem is Nyla has been pushed in every direction you can be pushed in this division at this point.
1: Well, the promo in and of itself is ridiculous. It's like, I'm not going to, I told you I have an announcement, but I'm not going to make the announcement. I'm gonna, and it's just, I'm going to show you it. And then it's like, she comes out and goes, I'm not going to tell you guys anything. I'm like, what is the point of either of you two people being out here? If none of you going to talk? Get out right. of here. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, th- th- because the spoiler is, we want to have a match against Hikaru Shida, which has all the intrigue of, oh man, I don't remember what happened in my life six to seven months ago. Uh, we've seen this match. We know what happened. Shida won the belt off of Nyla Rose.
1: Chris, what are the chances that in the next three months that Brandy Rhodes is the AEW women's champion?
0: Next three months? Yes. Gonna say 20 to 25%. I'll leave that 25% open because of health stuff.
1: I got a pure 50 50 on this one. I think it's high. I think they may belt her.
0: Really? Why? Flesh it out.
1: Because she's becoming more and more of an in-ring performer with this new tag team with Allie. She's going to have the Allie match somewhere down the road when QT comes back and he's absolutely pee-whipped by Allie and gets turned on at some point, but he's going to be a heel up until then. And then the next feud is probably going to be the winner of that feud versus the AEW Women's Champion. And I think it's going to be Brandy versus somebody, either Nyla or Hikaru Shida. And then maybe she gets a win by Banana Peel or whatever, but I think I think she may be the women's champion eventually.
0: Eventually, yes. I just think three months is a little soon for that timetable. Uh, the only way I could see that happening is if Brandy gets booked the same way they're booking FTR, which is let's just move you light speed through every single team in our division or every single matchup in our division, and then we'll... Deal with what we do with you after, after we get through all of that. Uh, I don't think they're going to rush that quickly with Brandy. I think the Allie thing could play out a little longer. I'd hope they'd slow burn it. I, and I also think, you know, having her beat Allie is a far cry from having her go ahead and beat Nyla.
1: I liked Cage Moxley. I dig Taz on promos. I dig Moxley on promos. I think those two are fantastic.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I just Taz has been so Taz solid. Taz
1: brings a certain level of just up yours, I'll kick your assness in his promos that I I I live for. I live, you know, I live for the stupidity of daddies and brothers in promos. But I also just I just live for guys who are just gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna make you feel pain.
0: There's something brother. about him ringside too, right? Yeah. Like like his aura ringside. Is different from other managers who really feel like a non entity because you know that Taz was like once a great wrestler or whatever. And you could hear his voice when he's calling out stuff in the ring. He's good at sounding engaged when he's actually like doing his, you know, throw ins from the side, you know, just mentioning stuff. And I liked the spot at the end of the match with Moxley staring into Taz's face and really forcing the issue. Like, I, I thought the finish to this match was particularly strong.
1: Yeah. Taz is Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos. It doesn't matter the, the, the level of slight. It, it's always like the invasion of Poland to him. He's, he's just always going to be mad at everything, no matter what. And he's just you just see him out there and he's like one word away from jumping in the ring and beating on the guy in there with him. I, I, I love the dude.
0: Yeah, no, I I liked this match, and you know, for our concerns with Cage, uh, I thought that Cage and Moxley had a really good match here. I, yeah, dude, I thought this was a cool match. It was it was really well laid out. Kind of surprised, like not the outcome didn't surprise me. Just like the flow of the match kind of surprised me. I was like, oh, we're we're doing this style of match, and like he's working the arm. Okay, that's cool. I just it was creative. It was a solid match. Like yeah, uh, yeah, good. Good hand, Are good you match.
1: happy that FTR got their truck back?
0: God, I'll tell you what. I was so worried. <laughs> I was worried about the truck. You know how I feel about trucks and entrances. It didn't
1: start. That's the
0: <laughs> Yeah. And then the truck didn't start, which like is that g- I, they're going to work that in. Or maybe that's part of the conspiracy. But also, like, how did the Butcher and the Blade pull that off? Oh.
1: Going to the main roster. It's another banner week for Bailey and Sasha Banks, in my opinion.
0: They're yeah. so fun. Like they're they like not even working with the deepest material here, but like they're just hilarious.
1: They're great. Their matches this week were fun to watch between <laughs> between the uh, the Kabuki Warriors match, which I thought was pretty darn great, and then uh, the Friday SmackDown match with Nikki Cross and Asuka. I guess. I guess that whole wild card, whatever they're calling it now, thing, it doesn't matter anymore. We're just going to have people go on to whatever show they want.
0: I never believed it was going to last for any length of time. <laughs> at, when when they first came up with it, I was like, this company does not have enough discipline to keep this up. And they don't have... you know, The big problem with wrestling, to, not to circle all the way back to big band stuff, but I, I will say this. The one thing I'd like to see come back to wrestling is whatever your big upcoming pay-per-view event is um book not only back from that but from the big big show like actually have a long form arc and like you know have what they refer to in screenwriting and stuff as trap doors where you can get out of certain angles if they really suck but actually have this deep, long-term plan, the way that uh, Ghetto used to have, too, where he'd book, book the G1 and book everything backwards. And everything, you know, the way, I forget the way that they used to do it. But, like, that's what I would like to see come back to AEW. Um, Yeah, and, and I think that, like, that's kind of an issue with... Like, the only thing that would make the Bailey sasha stuff better, because I think their performances are awesome, is if they're Crowd. Well, <laughs> uh, no, nah, it's not even a crowd, dude. It's It's a longer, like a real sense of where this story's going, not necessarily even where it's going to finish off, but like where we're really taking this bad boy, you know, like who's going where. And I'd like for Bailey and Sasha to be able to plant seeds about where we're going long-term um, along the way here a little bit more.
1: The little things like the trash talking in the ring, it, it's not promo cutting like they sometimes did with Sasha a lot. It's just yelling at Michael Cole <laughs> which yeah. Yeah. The ba- yeah, yeah, yeah. the Bailey-Michael Cole feud is, is fantastic. I don't care what any of you say to me. It's fantastic. Gonna, I've, got, I've got some blowback on that. Oh, this isn't very good. I'm like,
0: you are She drunk. needed a character. She yes. was struggling so badly at first. And like what she's doing now is she's filling out space. She has this big, confident swagger. I, I will say this, in terms of... Like a quote-unquote role model character, like the ironic role model character, I do think in that sense she's not actually doing a good job of kind of nailing that mark. But like whatever Bailey is here, which is like just kind of like this deliciously obnoxious person at this point, yes. um, and her and her deliciously obnoxious friend, kind of like the Iconics, but also different from the Iconics. Um, like whatever she's doing, it's fun. It's funny. Could it be a little deeper? Sure. But, like, it, the, she's actually doing a really strong performance in a way that she wasn't prior.
1: Staying in the women's division, a bit of a tease on Raw talk after this match. Sure, the Kabuki Warriors lost, but Kairi Sane wants to wrestle Asuka, I believe, for the championship. So I'm, I'm thinking they may have spoiled... <laughs> The Sunday match on Raw Talk, but uh or it may just be a, a goodbye match for Kyrie Sane. But yeah, Kyrie says, Yeah, sure, I'd like I'd like to wrestle you. It's been my dream. And Haska's like, We're the Kabuki Warriors. Of course we'll fight each other. And I'm like, Okay, great. Let's see that. So I think on Monday we're getting Kyrie versus Asuka, no matter what.
0: Okay. That'll be fun. I mean I think, you know, Asuka wins, but uh no, like that'll be fun. uh I, you know I- I like the idea that, like, occasionally Road Warrior Hawk says to Road Warrior Animal, like, hey, we should fight. Or, like, the Viking Raiders do that and just decide to have a match just because.
1: It's Demolition number one and two in the Royal Rumble in, I think, 88 or 87. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: and, like, hey, that totally works, especially, like, on an opener match or whatever. You could just have... Hey, this team just decided that they wanted to have a match. You can't do it every week or whatever, but like, you know, once a year you can get away with doing that type of match and people can be into that.
1: Bianca Belair has returned to Raw. I liked the way they introduced her. I liked her promo here for what a WWE promo is. It made made her not look like a clown, made her seem important and tough. And then they go out, they beat the Iconics, who are perfectly acceptable heel gatekeepers. I... Love their obnoxiousness too. I think I think the key to to my heart is just being obnoxious. I think that might just be it.
0: Yeah, Billy Kay is what she's really good at is being. She's also good at being big in the ring, but she's like a great heel seller. Um, and then like Peyton is the worker, and between the two of them, they it, it really does it works really well as an act. Billy
1: Kay is such a great flake. Is is the way I, I view it. She's not tough, but she she does. She's very imposing, and she talks a lot of smack, but she can't fight. And right, right. No, and like
0: also like when you know she, she takes she nice makes way. like not, the, not the Lucy that, yeah. from like I Love Lucy wha face. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no, yeah. It, it's 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 good. It, it's good. You know, heel comedy stuff. um Trying to think, uh, what else here? Dolph oh, Ziggler. I'll, I'll tell you what was ridiculous. Oh, go ahead.
1: I, I, I got something that just—it, dude, this Garza Andrade angle. One fist bump is plenty. They had them doing this checking in with the fist bump three different times, and that's where it becomes okay. This is just unrealistic. You're—I fi- I mean, either just do one fist bump after the match do the fist bump that's you're going to get dived on or or whatever but it this the way they're doing this is so insulting to people watching this that it's like look you're you're paid professionals to go in there as a tag team and be a tag team this checking in with each other every 5 minutes or so that's that's what children do that's not what adults do
0: and i mean this is another good example of a
1: For the
0: ones who get it done. Oh, what the long-term plan is with Andrade and Angel? Not that they're—they're they're obviously going to split up at some point. But who does Zelina end up with? Why are they doing any of this? What's really motivating this? Kind of that steady build-up thing. Like, it's like it's—it's kind of implausible that you like butt heads so much, but then all of a sudden you're just, you're just cool again. And then you butt heads even more like to what Jeff's saying about it being insulting to one's intelligence. Like this is the type of story. It's a perfectly fine wrestling angle, but they should have been booking it backwards. And right now it's really hard to glean what that story is supposed to be.
1: Well, I think we're getting the angel Garza, Charlie Caruso love triangle with one of the Viking Raiders.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, but no, it's going to be a rectangle because like Zelina's is going to have a crush on Angel. Oh my god, it's going to be a telenovela. And and Andrade just is going to want to wrestle. I think you know this this ends up with Andrade and Eric, they're the tag team. Oh god. Yeah, no, I thought well, this out. Uh,
1: one piece of news coming out of the women's division that uh I failed the if I uh Charlotte came out this week on Twitter and explained her absence. I was given incorrect information by someone I trusted, but uh, it, it's not cataracts. It's uh, it's cosmetic and has to do with leaking breast implants, which if you watch the number of times people land on her chest or she lands on someone, I can, uh, I can understand this whole thing, but there's some uh, silicone leakage, and she's going to get that repaired because there's some health issues obviously associated with it.
0: I mean, I just gets back to the whole idea of uh, implants for this type of work, especially if you're going to wrestle the way Charlotte does with a lot of moonsaults and off-of-your-feet wrestling. It, it just doesn't seem to mesh well.
1: To me, it's affected most of the women who, in between NXT and the main roster, had them done. The people who have had them done prior to that seem to be okay. I mean... Almost everyone has them on the main roster in one way or another, but it obviously affected, like, Dana Brooke and even Peyton Royce to some aspect. It's affected their performance a little bit. I think Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. It's less so because it's less obvious, so to speak, but, you know, it's 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 you know, it's not for me to say. I mean, if, if, if... Look, if it's their choice to do that because they think they look better with them i got no problem with that my problem has always been if they're being, if there's someone in their ear going you know what these would really make you look beautiful and would really you know if there's that that's kind of what's internal pressure
0: that's been my understanding there's been like the whole you made it onto the main roster and here are your extensions uh that thing i i I remember reading about this stuff It, it was some some time ago but like that is kind of the issue is, is that well, if they go to the
1: main roster and people are saying you're not pretty and that kind of mind screwing, I, I, you know, I, it's my issue
0: with uh, the way they did Sonya Deville and they, you know, made Sonya Deville kind of like glam up instead of just be an MMA fighter, particularly when you're losing Ronda Rousey and you need someone to actually exude that aura of toughness. Like WWE does have a certain beauty slash glamor standard. That Speaking I,
1: I, of I, MMA fighters,
0: yeah, Shayna
1: Baszler made her return on Raw, <laughs> killing geek ninjas. <laughs>
0: what and, God! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> this, <laughs>
1: like, and I, don't I, I don't think know.
0: that this is this is we're gonna get her over. That this is <laughs> we need to make her a badass. What's more badass than beating up ninjas, Jeff? <laughs>
1: Say what you will about intergender wrestling. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I I, thought, I mean, look, there's been rumors that Shayna was a Heyman project. And this just might be, hey, let's get her on TV because she has some, you know, she has some stroke there. She has, you know, some credibility, but, there, but she's, not... see, I love Shayna Baszler. But she is not, she's she's the person who they go hey WWE wants to sign me I would say no <laughs> because you're not their type they they don't want someone like you on their roster <laughs> and and everybody would go well that's cruel Jeff you're killing their dreams and I'm just like I
0: I just I mean also it's it's tough for her character in the optimal system to mesh. With their system, because her character would rip to shred people like the Iconics and people even like Dana Brooke, you know, like the, a lot of the roster, the kind of you know the more glamorous oriented parts of the roster would should be by Shayna Baszler, kind of demolished relatively quickly. And then the I mean, other thing—that's thing
1: why that's why the el- Elimination Chamber was so great.
0: Right. With her. Right. Because right. she just went in Precisely. There and she just killed
1: people. And Precisely. It's like, yes, that's yes, that's what you're supposed to do as opposed to. And this is the other, quote unquote, big piece of news. But apparently back in January, Vanessa Bourne got the call to go to the main roster, but she just hasn't been able to debut yet because of the whole covid thing. <laughs> you
0: know. Well, and here's the other thing, though, with Shayna Baszler. The other thing with Shayna Baszler is that she's now being reintroduced into a dynamic where Bailey and Sasha are the through line through Mm -hmm. the shows. Yes, you have uh, Shayna Baszler versus Asuka, but okay, let's work in this out real quickly. Shayna Baszler defeats Asuka. Now you have nothing but heel champions. And then Asuka's, I guess, just in the chase indefinitely against all of these people. But like, what does that really get you? And so then what do you do with Shayna Baszler? Are you going to turn her babyface? I'm thi- here
1: for the Nia Jax feud with Shayna Baszler.
0: Okay, yeah, like Shayna Shayna as a babyface overcoming Nia Jax, I'm actually kind of into that. Sure.
1: You know, I just I just think now you put her in that kind of B program with the larger wrestler, you show how much of a badass she is. You figure out what you're doing with Bayley and Sasha. In the meantime, are you splitting them up? Are you keeping them together as a two-woman power trip? And then you can balance Shayna against either of those two, and you can have either one win. It doesn't, you know, it really doesn't matter per se who wins in a Sasha Shayna feud, although I think Sasha needs it a bit more. Bailey could lose to, although Bailey's lost to Shayna already. So Bailey's a weird thing because there's a story that she can't beat Asuka, there's the story that she kind of has trouble with Charlotte, she hasn't beaten Shayna. It you know? it's like, well, she kind of needs wins against the bigger stars of the division. She's beaten the lower level people plenty of times. So I don't know. But but as long as you're building two stars to then eventually meet, I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm into that. I, I think that's the right move. I just it's tough to see where Shayna's fit is long term. And you know, even turning Sasha face, it doesn't feel like the right time to turn Sasha face. Like it doesn't really feel like the right time to split up Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, yeah. we'll
1: get into that when we get into the pay per view. But I want to just uh, we could we could go through SmackDown a little bit, or we could go through NXT here. Um, I you know they tried something with SmackDown this week in terms of the beginning with the cutting promos at the beginning, but they just they still felt like. WWE speak in so many ways. It was a different presentation. I liked
0: that feel though. And I what I really yeah. liked is how it resolved with the New Day actually in house. So it was like you thought that they were cutting a promo. You could hear the difference when they were on the microphone. I was like, "Why does that sound different?" And then you realize, "Oh, we're actually in the show." I thought like there was a nice kinetic flow to that. And um that did stick out to me. But like this is a well-worked show. This is a really watchable show. Uh, it's just Kind of like you know, minus if you if you black out the Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman stuff, uh, this is a very watchable show. Uh, and I, the
1: Lacey Evans.
0: <laughs> I mean, but like the SmackDown women's division's just like if it's not Bailey and Sasha, it's just you know, it it's a silly it's a silly place to be. Yeah, uh,
1: or if you have, I mean, God, who knows where? I don't even know what roster. Alexa Bliss and, and Nikki Cross are supposed to be on anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, like, I liked the way Alexa Bliss has this sort of, like, is playing it both ways. Like, she's obviously a heel, but, like, right now, it's, she's, she's ratcheted it down so many notches right now. And I really appreciate, like, the understated, like, layered nature of her performance uh, with Nikki Cross here.
1: Matt Riddle loses to AJ Styles and then gets beaten up by King Corbin.
0: I... I... The, boy, the the worst part of this match, like, the worst part of this match was the handshake, and then basically yeah. Matt Riddle gets goobered out by Baron Corbin, and, like, AJ walks away. So it's like, was AJ in cahoots with Baron Corbin? And, I, I, like, I don't know. Maybe he was, tell, maybe he was You can
1: already tell what Vince doesn't like about Matt Riddle. It's the shoe thing. Cause man, they bring that up a lot.
0: Yeah, right. Now, now it's it's gone from oh, that was a great story to like now oh, it's kind of funny. Like like he does he probably doesn't like that he smokes pot too. Like he just he he, he doesn't, doesn't bring it.
1: that up on air though. He brings up the oh, are his feet gonna get cold again? Or man, this guy can't even remember his shoes.
0: No, where it'll be bad is when he gets the cold feet jokes. Oh, do you have cold feet over that, Matt? <laughs> They're coming. They're coming.
1: Before we get into the horror show preview, let's do NXT and get through that. Um, to me, the show overall felt like they were just retreading old feuds. And I, I did not understand this show in some ways. I get what they're doing with the table setting in some ways. Uh Tom Phillips appears to have now have done a heel turn on commentary. No, which but it was I,
0: only for that one match. It was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's only when it comes to Robert Stone and only in particular to the tank. Because uh, I was listening for the rest of the show and he wasn't particularly heel in any other way. But it, when it comes to Robert Stone's reality, Tom appears to be want, part of the I want Robert Tom Stone brand.
1: I want Tom yes. Phillips to either be part of the Robert yes. Stone brand or to hate Shotzi Blackheart for some weird reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, again, or, like, him and Robert Stone are actually I wanted a tank
1: as a kid, and I never got one, and now Shotzi.
0: (laughs) No, that was really bizarre. And then you have Indy Hartwell defeat Shotzi Blackheart, and, like, I don't know. you, You get Indy into Robert Stone's faction, it's like, I don't know. She's another Aaliyah.
1: Yeah, I I just I don't don't know with this. I don't know if they're gonna put Killian Dane in there eventually. You know, if he wins this match, I, it just it felt like all the matches were things we had seen, but with nothing new being said. We had, uh,
0: I you know they didn't even they, what they did is they got to the beat with Djokovic that we want where Karrion Cross wants to square off with Djokovic, but like it was weird to have. Keith Lee you didn't need
1: the match to get there it though. didn't
0: No, you or you didn't and you certainly didn't need the match to resolve like because if you want to keep Dijakovic strong going into this match against Cross the way you want to book this match is Dijakovic appears to actually have the upper hand on Keith Lee like yeah we're talking like a 60-40 booking Dijakovic though so it's like hit some big moves lights go off Cross comes down interrupts the match and so like there's this like little lingering question of like maybe Karrion cross costs D- Dijakovic the the title like he would be champion and also crosses this man obsessed with Keith Lee blah 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 and Dijakovic respects Keith Lee and w- wants to have this match against Karrion cross, and now is going into this match against cross, which he's going to lose with this aura of toughness at a championship tier level which is where you want to get Karrion cross.
1: What are the chances that Dominic Dijakovic's uh, Raw debut was sidelined because Dominic Mysterio is on the roster?
0: You are only allowed to have one, one of Dominic? the – Yeah, one name. Yeah, right. Like, So there can only be like one Steve or one William or one Mike or whatever. So that is true. <laughs> so he, he would have to be Dijakovic, but I bet you <laughs> Vince would be like, why are we calling him Dijakovic? His name should just be Jack, and I totally see him on Raw becoming Jack as just like one name like Cesaro.
1: You had uh Damian Priest versus Cameron <laughs> Grimes. I don't I don't understand why why we had to have this rematch right now and kill Grimes dead. Just have Priest move on to something else. It, it's I it was baffling to me, quite frankly.
0: Grimes, on a week to week basis, needs to just be in the prelim matches, going up against like undercard guys and swaggering about and stuff. Like you have to build like if you're gonna have him where he is in the card, especially as a heel, he needs to keep getting decisive victories over not that impressive competition. And having him lose to Damian Priest again kind of just sets that project back. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, Thatcher versus Denzel DeJernette, uh Like, I like the, the Thatcher stuff. I think like this. The Thatcher this
1: stuff's cool. actually it. Yeah. If look, Chris, you and I, if we had looked at each other and and said what one guy should never go to WWE because they just won't get him, I think Tim Thatcher's the guy. It, it might have been. It might have been Drew Gulak.
0: Yeah, and, and I and think then... having Drew. It's great that you said that name. Having Drew Gulak, I think, is why they're actually handling Tim Thatcher the right way. Really? Be- yeah, I think it's the experience with seeing like Gulak reintroduce kind of the stretcher gimmick and that sort of stuff. A lot of the, a lot of the template that Thatcher's working with now is what he, Drew Gulak was doing on 205 Live during his championship push before he went PowerPoint presentation.
1: Denzel DeJernet is a guy I want to see groomed by somebody because I think he's talented as hell. I love his look. I love his size. I love his amateur background. I love the singlet. I, I, he, he'd be the guy in Shoot Nation. He's He's basically, right now, he's Angelo Dawkins back in the day because Angelo Dawkins was part of Shoot Nation, had the great amateur background as well. I, I I want someone to, to find something in the kid to give him some personality, and let's see what he has. I, I like him a lot.
0: And then Tegan Knox lost to Io Shirai, and like it,
1: it was okay, but nobody it, ever bought that Tegan Knox was gonna win. Right? This thing, yeah, so. yeah.
0: And so once you make it the main event, you know, I, yeah, I was definitely mentally checked out just because I thought the odds of Tegan Knox winning this were basically zero.
1: Yeah, and I love the underdog story. Why not keep it? Why not just find something else for her to do? Um, You know, I thought Io had a good match with her. I thought Tegan kept up, but she's obviously, she's not Io Shirai. She's good. Uh, I'm somewhat...
0: Here's the intrigue to me. I think the intrigue is Tegan Knox going heel and joining Dakota Kai to help Dakota Kai become champion.
1: I don't think that's happening. I think the opposite is happening because you have the Raquel Gonzalez thing. So I think what's going to happen is those two are going to beat on EO and then Tegan's going to come out for the mutual respect angle and then eventually get a rematch. I think after, after EO beats Dakota, um, I want Dakota to bring back the baseball jersey. I like the baseball fury look from the Warriors with her. I I think that's the stronger look, but I'm also here for Dakota Kai EO Shry match. Something fierce. I think those two are going to do quite well
0: together. Yeah, no, I think Dakota Kai and Io Shirai will have a good match. and My, yeah.
1: my fear is it's going to be turned into like a triangle match
0: with... Yeah, so right, Oh, Tegan. Yeah, With Tegan, Tegan could yeah, find herself in the match there. And, like, the one thing about Tegan in Dakota is just, like, they have been running in place a little bit. Like, it's you know, a fight
1: forever angle, and I don't, I think it needs to be separated for a it's while. Not like, like, it's,
0: yeah, it's, it's not Gargano Ciampa. Like, yeah, it's even, not even, it's not
1: even KO and Sammy. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. right. Yeah, I just, I. <laughs> rebuild Tegan Knox in a way but not within this angle and I'm afraid that they're gonna just reinsert her in here that's the problem with the
0: NXT division too to
1: be the yeah to be the second for EO, and then it's gonna be a tag match where you know people get various wins of certain kinds and then we get to the uh you know we get to the title match and event I mean who knows I mean maybe during the takeover that those two fight each other you know, Raquel Gonzalez comes in to interfere. Tegan comes out to even out the odds and then hits EO. E.O. loses the title, goes to the main roster to replace Kyrie Sane, and then we get, you know, we get the Sasha Bailey of NXT. Sort of.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, there there's a couple of different ways we could go. All right, so we're gonna do this uh pay per view preview.
1: Yes, I have I have unfortunately I have gone away from it on my
0: on my uh Okay. Well, Wikipedia. But let me get get here. here. Get it up. Get it up. Get it up. Right. That's all right. That's all right. Because we got. We got the. We're gonna do a little bit of samba.
1: God. This. No. I am not. I am making a. This will never appear on the show again.
0: (laughs) Because I hate fun. No. This is fun. You're having fun.
1: casio is, there? is that like the little white one that everybody used to have when i was in middle school or so this is top? a uh, this,
0: this is a casio sk1 uh sampling okay. keyboard uh i'm trying to let me see if i can find the year that this this puppy was made but i want to say this I'm, is like 1990 circa it, it is yeah no it, no dude, this thing's great like the, Does i it like, like the drum machine pads on it um, so it doesn't even have drum machine pads. Like this only does like w- two octaves. Here's what the drums sound like. You'll notice that there's actually an echo on it. So it's like... And that you can't get rid of that. That that echoes no matter what. So like if I want to do like a drum, feels like... Like, you know that's it that's the rick astley you like rick astley right
1: never gonna give you up never gonna
0: let you down never gonna give you
1: up <laughs> i think that song's overplayed but i you know it's okay I or like I, mean, I like white boy soul. I do.
0: And yeah, and no Rick one has British more soul? soul than Rick Astley. Oh, no, no, he, that's
1: that's just garbage. No,
0: that's not garbage. That's truth. Uh, he actually does do cool stuff now, though. Like he's doing. He has a like, great
1: voice. Yeah, no, he does I, actually I just, have a good voice. I just hate that song. That song is so.
0: I don't know why you're White bread
1: this. dance pop thing, and I, that I, I song no makes with,
0: people feel good in their hearts.
1: It's it's Howard Jones more modernized. How about that?
0: Mm. <laughs> This has got to be one of your worst takes on anything ever.
1: I know. I like the song. I just, I I find it's overplayed. I I thought the the Rick rolling really killed the song. Wow. Wow. Because it was funny for a short time, and then you saw it on the Macy's Day Parade, and you go, this thing's jumped the shark. What are we doing here? Anywho, (laughs) it was on the Sesame Street float, and they were starting to do something, and then they Rick rolled the entire audience, and that was kind of cute. I you know, did Rick Astley have a follow-up hit that you can name?
0: Yeah, it's called "Together Forever."
1: Oh God, I forgot about that one. <laughs> wow,
0: I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, oh, I'm God. sorry that that just happened Flashbacks on this show. Yeah, high school but dance. remember the high wattage is out. You can check it out over on the Patreon. And uh, Jeff, uh, are you ready with that card?
1: Yes, yes, I am. Uh oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Astley not on the card, but uh, on the Unfortunately,
0: card. Unfortunately, it's the reason why it won't be a seven star classic. Well, we can have classic.
1: Spandau Ballet. We could have uh, Howard uh, Jones. Uh, the Thompson
0: uh, Twins. Little
1: <laughs> oh, Steve Winwood. Come on. Yeah. Uh, the the new day. Biggie and Kofi Kingston taking on Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships in a table match because. Oh, man, you remember that time we put him through a table? That was so much fun,
0: <laughs> That promo that on promo SmackDown. Was... You know what's funny? Is it like Nakamura and Cesaro have good chemistry with each other, but like the copy that they had to work with for that promo was just crapola.
1: Oh, it was terrible. It was, it was absolute uh you know, the 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 Steel Cage match. I just shivers in my
0: <laughs> No the best part, yeah. The idea of them doing the New Day Dance against a Steel Cage gives me chills. Like what I, like what the hell does that even mean?
1: Do we keep the champions or do we have new champions?
0: I'm gonna say we do have new champions.
1: Wow, I'm gonna say no because of the SmackDown rule of go home shows. If uh, whoever w- whoever has the upper hand going into the match will lose it. So I think the New Day beats Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. I think this match could over deliver though. So I think. Oh this no, might... I think this is
0: gonna be a good match. But I also don't think they give a shit about who's the tag team champions on okay. a week to week basis. Yeah. That that's what I'm call. That's what I'm just calling this on. I, I don't think that there's any investment. I just think. Well, let's just change the title.
1: I suspect that there will be at least one match added to a pre-show. Maybe a Viking Raiders versus Andrade and Garza match or something to that effect, but that is not on here, so we will not pick it. Apollo Crews, your United States champion, taking on MVP?
0: I think Apollo Crews wins this match because I think the they're doing a longer story here with MVP trying to turn people against Apollo Crews
1: i think they turned the person this week whoever it's going to be and i think it's probably going to be cedric alexander i think (laughs) for some reason because it makes no sense whatsoever to turn cedric alexander after being in a full nelson by bobby lashley so of course it's gonna be well i can't beat him so now i'm gonna join him type thing um i think apollo cruz does beat mvp here um but I think uh, it might be by DQ. I think Bobby Lashley may enter the ring and just beat up Apollo Crews and then I'll set up the next match for SummerSlam, Apollo Cruz and Bobby Lashley.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true too. So and then and then maybe Cedric Cedric turns somewhere along the way, but they planted yeah. this seed with turning Cedric. They can't really pay it off here going into this matchup, so it, it's gotta be. Apollo. Or retains. maybe
1: or maybe Cedric's the red herring and they're gonna turn ricochet. And yeah, let's ruin that guy's goodwill.
0: <laughs> I mean, more than our truth continuing to make like stupid Richard jokes.
1: Oh dear lord. Uh <laughs> Ray Mysterio taking on Seth Rollins, eye for an eye match. The match can only be won when one competitor extracts an eye of their opponent. Chris, who's becoming a Cyclops?
0: Um, so I think that Ray has called in a solid from his old pal Ciclope down in Mexico. <laughs> he is going to be wrestling under that mask heretofore, with like question marks added on, obviously. So you know who it is. And, uh, that's how we're getting out of this one.
1: Oh no. He's going to be Cyclops from the X-Men because you know how Ray loves to do the comic book, uh, cosplay. <laughs> come down as only having one eye in the <laughs> uh i think man i think it's time for dominic to finally become become the heel apprentice
0: so no, I, I no joke help. absolutely like yeah that that's long overdue
1: if austin theory ain't back for a while it's time to get dominic into that stable so he's gonna help Seth, take out his father's eye, which is and going to break Ray's heart. And uh, and we'll continue from there. Who do you like?
0: Who do I like in the Seth Rollins versus Ray Stewart yes, match? Chris yeah, match I think, I, I mean, I think you're dead on. I think Seth wins. I think Ray has to lose here. <laughs> and then he's under the How seat. He gonna,
1: here's my question. How does the person who lose their eye miraculously get it back? Is it is it gonna be? Are we gonna get some vignette where there's some exploratory surgery that we've never so heard of? And- I
0: think what what we're gonna say here, or maybe Rage just like wrestles with the mask, like like what he's got right now with the screen. I think maybe he just has the screen.
1: He's blind justice, and
0: he <laughs> Well, no, so <laughs> he so t- here's t- the deal. I think what they're gonna work with is the idea that his the eye's already damaged, and that's gonna be the eye he quote unquote loses. OK. Yeah.
1: But I mean, how does he get the eye back
0: eventually? Why does he need it back?
1: Well, no, they're going to have to do a story eventually where the eye comes back. Right. Uh,
0: I don't. I mean, do, <laughs> do you think. OK, so you're saying like maybe Seamus has the eye and he has to go and wrestle because Seamus is like obviously the gatekeeper of like bad stuff. So like Seamus, for whatever reason, has his eyeball and he has to defeat Seamus.
1: It's like, well, no, they have eyeball stored in a jar, and then one day some doctor says, you know what, Ray, I might be able to attach that.
0: Oh, better yet, robot eye.
1: You know, maybe Mae Young gives birth to a new eye. Oh, man. So, like,
0: (laughs) Ray gets, he gets a robotic eye made. Oh, he's a Cyborg. Well, not a cyborg. He just has a cybernetic prosthesis. Like, that doesn't, I, you know, this is like, it's integrated-ish. It's what not, can this
1: eyeball do, Chris? I, no, I'm going to, can it shoot lasers? No, so it allows in-
0: him to uh, analyze the attack and defense stats of the opponent wrestlers that gives a, he has. gives
1: a plus two on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it
0: helps him, obviously, with early detection when it comes to high-flying moves. Uh, going off of the top rope, obviously, it helps with making sure you're targeting for splashes moonsaults, things of this sort. Uh, this is a prosthesis that is really designed for the ring. It, it, it might be good for other stuff. Maybe.
1: Are, are they going to make up the gap in the eye and show it on television like a, like a horror movie trope where it's like you actually see where the eye should have been and, <laughs> in later matches? Like he has an eye patch, and they tear off the eye patches. Oh, my God. Uh, man, okay,
0: so here's the deal. He just needs to holler at his boy Riggs that guy figured it out
1: or uh, or uh, or pco <laughs> uh anyways braun Strowman taking on bray white in a wyatt swamp fight <laughs> there are rumors that there are live animals involved in this swamp fight somehow uh i'll go i think eric rowan is making an appearance in this match there do you just think that means many-
0: that bray wins the title back
1: um oh is this for a title i don't know if this is for a title or not though that's the weird thing they haven't i don't know i don't know what happens here to be honest with you i just th- my only thing is i think because of the number of times he was in that video package without them editing him out in any way i think eric rowan is involved in this somehow um i'll go with braun Strowman the winning against the two of them maybe maybe he's He's not the fiend, or he tries to turn into the fiend, and he can't, but he's in his... This becomes... There's going to be a lake of reincarnation in here That where Bray turns from Max Katie, Cape Fear, Waylon Mercy, Bray Wyatt, into the fiend, and maybe into the sweater-wearing guy. I think we're going to have a few of those in here.
0: Yeah, no, I think he becomes the fiend. So I, I kind of have Bray winning this match. Okay. Yeah, just if it's because if it's because of the way Bray Strowman wins. did the promo. Yeah, if it's if it's non-title Bray wins because of the way Strowman did the promo where he's like, "I'm scared of the fiend." <laughs> God,
1: the one that has vexed me all week, and I don't know how it's gonna go. Bailey taking on Nikki Cross for the SmackDown Women's Title. Bailey gets the win in the match. Nikki gets the beatdown backstage. So the rule is you have Bailey win the match because she's the one going in defeated, but boy, I could see them taking the title off of Bailey here. She's had it for such a long time. I love her to death. Everybody who listens to the show knows I, I probably overpraise her. Is it time to have a new champion with Nikki?
0: So, so here's the fun wrinkle, I think, to this show. And I think, to your point, what they've kind of been teasing on commentary, what if Sasha wins against Asuka, Bailey loses against Nikki, and we still have the two-person power trip, but now who has the two belts has inverted? And can Bailey tolerate that? Because Bailey's been so into being Bailey Dose belts.
1: Yeah, it is an interesting wrinkle. My I'm, Okay, we can talk about Asuka and Sasha Banks at the same time because the two wrap into each other. I, you know, I could also see Sasha not beating Asuka and then Sasha eventually ruining Bailey in her title match, but them still having the title tag team titles and having to get along with each other. And that becomes the onus of the split. Because my problem here is I don't see Asuka losing the title so soon after money in the bank although i don't think i don't think she needs the title necessarily to be great that's the weird thing is of all the you know of all the champions the title means the least to oscar right now to me because she's just such a overwhelming presence whenever she's on yeah billy and
0: sasha's story right now is super title dependent oscar whether she's the champion or in the chase, I think Asuka is where she is on the card. People know who Asuka is.
1: Yeah, and she's always going to be a star at this point. I don't think she can lose her luster unless you, you know.
0: You'd have to job her out to, like, the Iconics and Dana yeah, Brooke and everyone down the on, card. Yeah, they did
1: that a couple times on SmackDown. You remember that cage match that she had that one time with... uh. Uh, James Ellsworth like ends up smacking her head in the cage or something and she ends up losing like a dope to Carmella. Didn't hurt her one bit. I I boy. What are we going to do? James
0: here? Ellsworth and Carmella and Oscar. Wow, you that that's a moment in time right there.
1: Oh, Chris, I don't know where they're going to go. I, the, to me the interesting choice is to give them all the titles. But I don't think they're gonna do that because I think they're gonna play up the jealousy angle. I
0: that, that's why I was suggesting do a, like a little switcheroo move where at the end of the night Sasha's the one who has a that title. That
1: sounds that sounds right. I just I have worries about Bailey not being a singles champion because they don't. Sasha can play chip on the shoulder. I don't know if Bailey can just yet, and that's the thing. Because Sasha's always had a chip on her shoulder with her character, no matter where it was. Whether it was NXT or the main roster, it's always, you know what, I deserve this, I'm the boss. You're usually shading me for Charlotte type of thing. She has that vibe and she pulls it off. She has what I call the Tully vibe. She's not the star, but she's definitely the number two star. But she wants to be the number one star and you can feel it in everything she does.
0: I think I... this would give Bailey the opportunity to do that. You just have yeah. to you have to rebuild her a certain way where she's having, you know, matches the next couple of weeks against the Dana Brooks of the world and like really pummeling into them and really laying into them and then after the match, super saccharine with Sasha, super supportive, but you could tell that like Bailey is just Livid about I not being a Bailey double champion. needs to
1: be the heel in this, though, too. It, it, and that's the weird thing is that they've been. And, and they've so been then Sasha, Sasha's,
0: then Sasha having the belt opens up that portal as well. I
1: think so, but that's the thing is they be, they made Sasha the petty one in interviews, which is so. I don't want that. I want here's what I want. I want the opposite. You to wanted be true. this booked like,
0: backwards well, in no, a coherent cut, cut, way.
1: No, but hear me out. They cut the. They cut the, the Sasha Bailey promo where Sasha challenged Asuka. But instead of Bailey challenging Nikki Cross, she challenges Sasha and says, I'm going to take that title from you because I'm the best. And Sasha's like, wait, what? the what? Bailey needs to outheal Sasha in this feud. And I don't know if they can get around that. I That's my fear here. But I will go with you. I think, OK, let's have Sasha win the title. And let's have Bailey lose her title, and let's see what happens.
0: And then what else we have? Main event, quote unquote.
1: Yep, stipulations to be determined, and I think those stipulations will be determined during the course of the match. Dolph Ziggler taking on Drew McIntyre in what will be the least anticipated title match because nobody expects Drew. Nobody expects
0: Drew to lose the title. And that's the reason you, none of you ever believed in Dolph Ziggler. But this <laughs> Sunday, I am going to finally reach up. and I'm going to steal the show and steal the belts. I'm Dolph Ziggler.
1: This is going to be your standard. I lose. But wait, the stipulations of this match were uh, submission only. The stipulation was this match was no DQ. The stipulation of this match was a chairs match, and he's just gonna keep on adding and adding. He's gonna keep on losing and losing, until he finally gets caught up in his own vision or his own evil plans, come back to bite him, and uh, and Drew wins.
0: Yeah, no, How about that? I, I, no, this is gonna be really anticlimactic. I, I think I don't even think they're gonna have like a real good work spot like I don't think the spot where they're actually working is going to be particularly well worked
1: okay I, I no, I'm... I
0: have I have really low expectations for this match I, I think this angle sucked and I just uh these guys don't really there's nothing to it Dolph's just a very dead in the water guy
1: yeah and I think we don't even find out who Drew's next opponent is till the end of raw on monday because i i get the feeling randy's gonna beat the crap out of the big show send him packing and then it's gonna be randy and drew i get the feeling that's where they're going with this
0: i mean that seems to be the kind of intriguing thing right uh Mm -hmm. like yeah and and randy's been he's been a hot character i i even like the part where he's already kind of setting the table for like rick don't you cross me
1: Oh, Rick's getting RKO. Yeah, Rick, no, I know. Rick I Rick yeah, wants yeah. to take an Rick wants to take an RKO. Yeah. more badly than any, the the one guy in this company who wants to take a bump is the guy who shouldn't take a bump.
0: Yeah, but no, uh, I, <laughs> I I I like the foreshadowing with Rick and Randy. Like this is that's what I want. You know, when I'm grumping about other stuff like Rick and Randy, it's it's not like it's not perfect. You know, the big show stuff it, it show is show. Um, at this stage of the game, but. Rick and Randy, you know where this goes. Eventually, Rick tries to stop it's Randy. It's scorpion
1: and the frog, and then yeah, it's it's it's. Of well, no, the no, frog no, 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 is evil too.
0: Yeah, okay. The, the frog is evil too, and Rick's the dirtiest player in the game, but randy has even surpassed the dirtiest player in the game so it's like the new sith lord overtaking the old sith lord it's not yeah. quite emperor and darth vader but like kind of kind of that thing the the evil old master getting overtaken by an even more evil and more cruel new master uh like the full culmination of randy i i, I like it i think it's good
1: i will be on the extreme rules post show with Sean Ross Sapp over at fightful.com immediately following Extreme Rules. You can hear my hot takes then. You can hear my cold takes next week. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at ChrisNovembrino. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can get Chris's High Wattage at Patreon.com shake them ropes. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. All sorts of shows for all sorts of interest in professional wrestling. Chris has interests in, outside of professional wrestling. I do not have time for such things, but Chris also does podcasts about other things.
0: Yeah. And we're bringing in the rumba beat for it. You can find. Dude, you
1: missed your cue because you're trying to get that damn keyboard working.
0: I didn't miss my cue. I was getting the rumba beat going here. Look, I'm going to get some jazz organ going. Yeah, baby. Uh, so at DWATG is where you can find the show or dot TV. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Don't worry about the government's name of that show. We're also on Spotify. So go and check it out. The all in the family podcast also available for you to check out and uh, keep dreaming out there is what I say to all of you.